You are listening to Peace to You, a series in the book of Philippians where we learn what it means to find peace in a crazy world. Today, we're going to look at Philippians chapter 3 on the topic of discipline and how discipline is a key to peace. Before we jump in, if you're a college student, just a reminder, our college nights, our college ministry gatherings start up this Monday, the first day of school, and it's going to be at 7.30 p.m. Monday night here at the Four Oaks Midtown offices, which is right next to Lucky Goat Coffee in Midtown. We'd love to see you there. It's going to be a great semester. We're meeting in person, socially distanced, of course, and uh, please come out and uh, we would we, love to, to get to know you and to serve you in any way that we can. Discipline. Discipline. Okay, why is discipline important for peace? It, it kind of sounds strange. Discipline reminds you of effort, you know, and sacrifice. And peace reminds you of, you know, leisure and comfort and ease and rest. How do these two relate to each other? Well, if you remember the Apostle Paul, one of his big points is this, that because we're Christians, we have access to a peace that is not of this world. It's a peace that surpasses understanding. It's a peace that comes from the Father and from Jesus Christ. And because our peace is countercultural, it's not going to be the peace that the world has. It's a peace that comes when we recognize that our lives are given to us by the mercy of God, that Jesus Christ has saved us out of his pure mercy. And out of that, that's what pushes us toward effort and toward holiness. In other words, we're not striving to be holy in order to earn God's approval, but because we have received it freely in Jesus Christ by his death and the resurrection, and we receive it by faith and trusting him alone, because of that, because it's a free gift to us, that's the foundation. We go, God, you've adopted us as your children. Now we want to live like your children. We want to put effort into being your children. So discipline is what pushes us to grow in our faith and eventually to learn what it means to be at peace. To be a child of God is to be a, a, a person who knows that God has shown his eternal love upon you. And that love is transformative. And as God transforms you, you start to have, find peace in things that the world can't find peace in. And we're going to see in Philippians, Paul shows us three uniquely Christian ways in which discipline leads to peace. The first way is discipline leads to peace when we discipline our minds to believe. Faith is a muscle. Paul wants us to trust that Jesus Christ is the foundation of our salvation. And he does this because he says there are some evildoers and dogs called the circumcision party, people who mutilate the flesh, who think that to be saved, you need to believe in Christ plus be circumcised. And Paul says, look, you're just doing that so you can look better than other people. You want to look at something in yourself to elevate yourself above everybody else. And he says, but as soon as you do that, as soon as you're self-righteous, you lose the gospel. And Paul says, look, I'm the, the most Jewish of all Jews. I'm the most Hebrew of all Hebrews, right? Nobody has achieved the things that I've achieved in Judaism. But when I met Christ, I realized it was all nothing. All my achievements were worthless. My achievements can't earn my salvation. I don't have any righteousness, like he says, from the law, but from faith in Jesus Christ. That's where all of his life 
comes from. All of his righteousness comes because God sent Jesus Christ to die and be raised again for our sins. That is the ground of our justification, the ground of us being right with God and nothing else. And Paul says that transforms the way you look at yourself because now your whole life is a, is a response of gratitude to the mercies of God. But you've got to discipline yourself to believe, look, it's not about what's what I've done or my achievements or anything in myself. It's purely gift. It's purely grace. And you have to fight to remember that or else you're going to become self-dependent. You're going to think that you can handle the Christian life all by yourself. You're going to think that you can do all of God's commands without the grace of God. You're going to think you can somehow earn salvation from God. And Paul says that's poison. You have to fight with your mind against that type of thinking. You have to fight to believe. The second thing he says is you have to discipline yourself to progress, to grow as a Christian. You have to discipline yourself to progress in your faith, to say, I'm going to grow. I'm going I'm to do the things that are necessary to obey Christ and to grow in my faith. Now, notice what Paul does. He says, I strive, I go forward because I know that because I'm united to Christ by faith, his pattern is my pattern. His life is my life. Jesus suffered, died, but was raised. So I know that when I suffer and I die, I too will be raised. He had this great expectation that God was working in his life because he's attached to Jesus. He's attached to Jesus. And that's what pushes his effort forward. Effort is not a bad word. Remember in Philippians 2, Paul says God works in us both to will and to work for his good pleasure. In other words, we put effort in. We go, here's God's commands. I'm going to discipline myself to do them. And by the way, when you do them, all you can do is give credit to God because he's the one that made you even want to do those commands. And he's the one who empowered you to be able to actually do them. It's like what St. Augustine said, Lord, command what you will and will what you command. Tell me what you need me to do and then empower me to do that. So Paul doesn't see God's grace and our effort in competition with one another. He sees them in harmony with one another. And because of that, he can say something like, I, I, I strain forward towards the goal, the upward prize of Christ. And he says that the mature people, they realize, I haven't achieved perfection. We're not looking for, for, for perfection. We're looking for progress. And if you're mature, you're going to think in this way. You're not going to think you've made it. You're going to fail. You're going to fall down. You're going to screw up. You're going to fail others. You're going to fail yourself. You're going to fail God. Those, all those things are going to happen. But he says, but here, what's the trajectory of your life? Right? The weight of guilt has been removed from your back. It's gone. And he has the joy of knowing that he's forgiven. And what does that mean? When you fall down, you get back up. You confess, you repent, you tell God, Lord, I'm sorry. And you turn around and you walk forward and you keep going. Keep short accounts. Paul understands this. He disciplines himself to progress. And finally, Paul disciplines himself to hope. And he wants us to discipline ourselves to hope. And I love what he says here. He says, I want you to imitate me. Don't imitate the people who have fallen away. And he says that with tears, he realizes that there's some people who have made their belly, their sinful desires, their God. And he says, I don't want you to follow that. They're completely consumed. People sometimes say, well, I, I can do whatever I want. I can live however I want. I can sleep with whoever I want. I can do whatever I want in my life. I'm free. And Paul says, you're not free. You're actually enslaved. 
It's kind of like the alcoholic who says, you know, I'll be fine. I can handle myself. Just another drink. It's no big deal. And they're deceiving themselves. They don't realize they're completely enslaved to something. And Paul says, don't follow that example. Follow my example. Follow the Christian example. And what's that Christian example? He says, we have a hope that Jesus Christ will raise our lowly bodies when he returns to be like his. That one day, Jesus Christ will return and we will be resurrected. And our citizenship is not on earth, it's in heaven. In other words, Paul says, discipline is about removing instant gratification. Our glory is coming later. It's not happening now. And you have to have that mentality. It's supposed to be counter-cultural. Our glory is yet to be revealed. And that takes discipline. We're going to have to fight against a lot of the lies of the world that says it's all about this life, all about now. You're not going to do the things that Paul did. I mean, Paul believed that he was going to be raised from the dead. That's the only reason he could endure the whippings and the imprisonments and the hunger and the shipwrecks and all the stuff that he had to face in his life. He really believed that God was going to raise him. And we need to have that same hope. You can eat kale, you can work out, you can do all that stuff. That's great. But your body is still a lowly body and it's going to go into the ground. You can invest, make smart investments. You can work for your community. All those things are great. But remember, your citizenship is in heaven, not on earth. That's your ultimate hope. And some people are so desperate in this life, so anxious. I think COVID's revealing that. It's revealing where our hope really is. And we have to discipline our minds not to hope like the world. Because they have nothing. They have nothing beyond this life. But we do. And we have to remind ourselves, set our minds on the things that are above. That's Colossians, right? That's a discipline that we have to incorporate day in and day out, especially in the middle of a pandemic that's throwing everything out of whack. Christians are to be different. So are you an example to be imitated? Or are you an example of everybody else in the world who follows the lusts of their flesh, who, are, who, who their God is their belly, as Paul says? It's a convicting thing to think about, but it's so necessary. So that's what he wants to do. Discipline your mind to believe the gospel, to believe the grace of God, to progress in your life, knowing it's God who works in you and that he will provide the power you need to obey him. And discipline yourself to hope against all the lies of the world that want us to focus on this temporary life. We look towards our citizenship in heaven and the day when we will be made like Jesus. Thanks for listening to this. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and follow us at Four Oaks College, where you can watch this on Instagram TV.